0: It's Tuesday, February 19th, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is The Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we continue uh, some of our themes that we've had here in February, talking about racial reconciliation, uh, multi-ethnic families, and just absolutely looking at adoption and the way international adoption helps us pursue racial harmony uh, in communities. And so I'm just grateful to be joined by Megan and Josh Smith. Uh, they are a sweet family who have adopted a daughter finley from india and have really utilized their adoption but also their lives uh, to to pursue racial harmony here in birmingham so megan and josh have lived in birmingham their whole lives except for a stint that they lived uh, in auburn and lee county going to auburn university uh, they also lived in india for six months in 2016 as midterm missionaries they've been married for five years uh, and then two year, then a year and a half ago, they brought home Finley from India to Lifeline's India program. Megan uh, works with our China program for the last six years and helps families go through the adoption process. And Josh is a physical therapist and runs a clinic here in Birmingham. So guys, thanks for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, we're just glad to, to be here. We're honored to be a part of this and we love Lifeline and have for, for some time. But yeah, like you said, we uh, have have lived in Birmingham our whole lives. We both were born and raised here, and just have a, a heart for our city in many ways. Whether that be what, using our jobs to help our city, or using our um, church going to help our city, or uh, of course just using our, our purpose in life to um, get the gospel to as many people as we can. And so um, part of part of who we are has been a more recent development, but. Uh, we go to a church here in Birmingham called New Rising Star, and it's in the East Lake community of Birmingham, which is on the eastern side of our city. And um, we've been there since May of 2018, so less than a year we've been there. And um, let's see, what else should we say?
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been like a interesting. Um, last year of just, like, the Lord working in our lives, and, yeah, like you said, like, we have a daughter from India, and we've been home for a year and a half now, and, um, so, yeah, it's a little bit about us.
0: Yeah, so, obviously, you guys are a missional family. We talked about y'all spent six months in India, and what a, what a blessing it was, even just to see your time there, and so God gave you a heart already for that country, and then you are able to bring Finley home She was born in India, and and now in May, like you said, Josh, I'll join a church. So talk a little bit about the leading of the Spirit the prompting of the Spirit (laughs) Mm -hmm. to kind of lean into racial harmony, particularly in Birmingham, but even with your lives and your marriage and your family. Yeah. Yeah. So I like how you worded it, it, following
1: the Spirit, because it really has been a work of the Spirit and will continue to be a work of the Spirit. Um, But it's really, there's no... Easy answer to that. It's more of a story. Mm. So we, around February of last year, two thousand eighteen, we felt the Lord stirring in us for our, for our city, um, which is a racially diverse city, and um, we had some friends who felt the same stirring, and uh, one day they were visiting another church and they just felt led in the service to pretty much leave the service and go prayer walking around uh, a part of our city, which happens to be right near where we live. And as they were prayer walking, they they met a man who was a pastor of a church right by where they were walking. And that church happened to be predominantly black. And so they got to talking to this, this guy and uh, he invited them to the church. And they, knowing that we also had the same heart, invited us along with them. So we were able to join them there. And it was a a pretty small church, and we were able to uh, get started there. Around the same time, I mean, we got invited one week, and between the time we got invited and actually went, the Lord really uh, put on our hearts the MLK50 event that happened in February or March of 2018. And all the content was online at that point, so we started watching some of that content and uh, just ended up devouring all of it and just watched every... Uh, message or listen to every message and um, the Lord just really stirred in us and started uh, opening our eyes to see um, some of the issues and also opened our eyes to see how little we had partaken in that effort and that work, Um, especially in our local, whether nationally or in our local community, uh, just how little we'd taken part in it. Um, And so that was right before we started visiting this church. And so, of course, that was the Lord just working out the timing of everything at the same time so that we could um, start to put the pieces together a little bit. And um, I'm going to let Megan tell the rest of the story there.
2: Yeah, so we went to this small church. I mean, there's maybe 50 members there. We went there for about two months. And throughout that time, after we've watched multiple times all the videos from the MLK 50 conference, and the Lord is just opening our eyes we're just desiring to get our hands on any resource we can to learn about um just this topic these issues learning even about just privilege and what that looks like um so we're reading books we're listening to more podcasts we're trying to have conversations about bias and what that looks like and how that plays out and so after about two months of that we kind of got to this place where we were like okay we feel like there's maybe more here like maybe the lord wants to do more um and so at that point our vision at had been just to invest in that small community just I mean right around our home I mean the church is like two minutes from our house so right around our home but we felt like the stirring that maybe there's something Mm. more and so um Pastor Thomas Beavers is it was a name I had heard a bunch like we had both heard his name he had um we were members at Brook Hills before Mm. and he had come and he had preached and we were just like blown away by how God had gifted him um and then while I was on maternity leave he came and spoke at the lifeline staff retreat mm-hmm. and everyone I mean, that was like when I came back that was one of the things that was talked mm-hmm. about most like oh you missed this mm-hmm. and so I knew he had obviously way, way more wisdom on this specific topic and issue of racial harmony than I could ever grasp and so we ended up going one Sunday just to visit, and then, um, because Pastor Beavers is as intentional as they come, he, like, stopped us on our way out, and we got to meet him, and then that following week, we met with him, and just asked him some questions about, like, I was really going in looking for a plan, like, you know, my personality, I'm organized and can be a little type A, and so I was like, you know, he'll just give us step one through five, and then we'll arrive at, like, <laughs> this grand thing. And so through meeting with him, because he is as wise as he is, he just encouraged encouraged us in a few things and just told us, like, you need to figure out what God's calling you to. Like, what is, where does God have you guys in this? Where does he have your marriage, your family? What does this look like? And so we left that conversation feeling like, okay, maybe we're supposed to just stay with this kind of smaller vision, but it was crazy to watch. Over just the course of that week, God grew this grand vision. And It only could be from God because it's bigger than anything that we could have dreamed up. And so through that week, God just gave us this picture of a wound. And, like, if we think about holistically how— people function. So, you know, if, if I have a trauma in my life in the past, I have to go to that original trauma and begin healing that so that I can heal holistically function holistically. And we felt like God was saying Birmingham is one of those wounds for our nation. And so we felt like God was saying, as I heal Birmingham through the gospel through racial justice and reconciliation, I will create a revival in this entire nation. And we were just like blown away like oh oh my goodness this is amazing and so kind of with that vision and even shifted us thinking through i mean we had just gone and met with pastor beavers just to like seek his wisdom um but it shifted our vision to after hearing pastor beavers talk through the vision of new rising star and their desire to engage 35206 that community Mm -hmm. they're a part of um we just just started to see all these pieces kind of line up of everything we've been learning and then god painted this big vision and then it was like okay I think God's calling us to be a part of New Rising Star to reach Birmingham in a way that if we just stay in our in our little community which we love and it's wonderful um, and there was you know nothing wrong with with that but if we come and we're a part of New Rising Star because of the way the church dynamics are there are people from all over Birmingham who are part of this church and so as we come in and join the efforts and we're encouraged and they're encouraged to go out and to share the gospel and we're doing this together as brothers and sisters in Christ like we're going to see Birmingham reached in really big ways. And so we were just like astonished like wow, this is a beautiful vision. Like I I love it. It's amazing. It's huge and then I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, so God's given us this vision, like, now what? Like, because again, I love a good plan. (laughs) And so I was like, now what? Like, okay, I'll just, if I can find the perfect book, or if I can just know X, Y, or Z, then like, we'll arrive at racial harmony, like, by 2020, you know, like, I had this, like, idea that there was, like, these steps involved. And because I'm an external processor, I was talking to anyone who would listen to me. Like, here's what I'm learning about this. What do you think? Or I thought about this. What do you think? And um, I was meeting with a girl, and she has a similar heart and kind of vision and just said, like, listen to this vision God painted. Like, mm. it's it's huge. Like, it's bigger than just the city. Like, it's going to be this entire nation. Um, and it's going to be through the gospel. Like, that's where healing is going to begin. And, um, I was like, you know, and I'm just like, have you thought of any steps (laughs) like, or, you know, what what are like, do we have an action plan here? And she just stopped me and she was like, um, I just want to like encourage you if there was a step or a plan or a rule book or a guide, to reach racial harmony it would have been done years and years and years and years ago but there's nothing that doesn't mm. exist and so this is a work of the spirit mm. and this is a work that we have to come and just be obedient to say like, okay god how are you going to use us and not not that it's about us in any form or fashion but just coming before the coming before the lord open-handed and saying like god what do you have here and knowing that it's his timing it's his work and we're just i mean it's kind of like with the big picture of the gospel like we just show up and we just share the good Mm. news of Jesus and like he does the work he Mm -hmm. does the timing he does the growth like that's of him Um, and so honestly that was really freeing for me just to be reminded because of my personality that this work doesn't sit in my lap like this responsibility isn't on me am I responsible to be obedient to to seek what God's heart is yes Mm. God's heart is racial harmony God's heart is racial justice and reconciliation but I'm not responsible for making this happen because it's only a work of the spirit, and um, I think that's encouraging because this work is messy because yeah, we live yeah. in such a broken world, and so it's really encouraging just to be able to say, okay, when I get discouraged or I feel like I'm not mm-hmm. sure what we're doing next, like I don't have to know what comes next because the Creator of the universe does, and like that alone is enough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's yeah. a long mm-hmm. story, but
1: and to, just to finish off that and I think we'll get to this a little more in some later questions, but one thing I like to do is cast a vision. So anytime we're doing, we've been um, just blessed enough to receive some training on evangelism, whether it be for our overseas stuff or just local stuff. And um, so now whenever we're training or talking about something like this, I like to cast vision for people. So the the thing I like to to think about is, uh, you know, thinking about reaching the whole world is daunting, but I mean, think. About Acts, uh, what is it, Acts two and Pentecost happened, and three thousand people were saved in one day. Mm-hmm. And then it says there, and then more added to their number day after day after day. And that's how we reach the world. And um, so if you're if you're thinking about evangelism or taking that step out on evangelism, it's like, you know, why not us? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't it be us? Because who who starts a change or starts a revival? Because we have, if you're a believer, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's all you need, mm-hmm. and it's it's His power, it's His message. Uh, and the and his boldness that he's giving mm-hmm. to you to open your mouth, and so it's the same with with this, um, whether it be race relations in the church or in the community or in our nation. Why not us? Mm-hmm. Why can't we start the change? You in your local mm-hmm. community, uh, or us in ours. Um, that's what it's going to take. Just people, mm-hmm. all you know, tons of people thinking, well, hey, why not? Why can't I be part of the change right now?" And so. Mm-hmm. Um, our story isn't done, and, um, and there's a grander vision I think we'll talk about in a minute, but, um, you know, I want people to think, why can't it be you? Why can't you be part of a movement like
0: that? Yeah, amen, and so much that you said, so, so much richness that both of you have talked about, and obviously the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in us, and I think one of the things that just even even follow up, like, talk about some of the challenges that you face and you are facing really when the tables are turned upside down you mm-hmm. talked about coming from you know a place of privilege mm-hmm. where you were the majority and now you're in the minority and what are challenges that that bring and and even how did your adoption prepare you for some of those challenges And living in India for six months as well <laughs> yeah. where you were obviously a minority how have those experiences even shaped and played a role in helping you through these challenges and 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 some of the things you're facing now.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I think we could start that off by talking about how our time in India maybe prepared us a little bit for this. Um, so in moving overseas to India for six months, um, we had other options we could have done. We didn't have to, to go over there, but um, God just had pushed us so clearly towards that. We, we really didn't have a choice not to go. And so... I'm going uh, to India, obviously moving overseas, uh, totally different culture, different majority language, different majority Mm. religion, um, even skin color. So we kind of stepped from our comfort uh, all the way into something totally new and even just something new, even within a... um, if you forget the overseas and you forget the different language and you forget mm-hmm. the different religion, even just moving to a new place is enough. But that was a, an uncomfortable thing to mm-hmm. do. Um, and of course, we, we could not have done that without the Holy Spirit leading us and giving us just a rock-solid belief that that was exactly what He wanted us to do. But being in scenarios and quirky situations or whatever over there that were totally different, mm. um, uncomfortable and just learning, Hey, this is, I know this is where the Lord has me. I'm just going to ride with this <laughs> and I don't have to be comfortable. Mm. I don't have to be in my element. I don't mm. have to be, um, uh, the majority or the, the one with control over the situation mm. or whatever. And that happened, I mean, on the daily in India. So that was a preparation, I think, for, I think that was a grander scale, but a preparation for some moments here and the work, part of the work that the Lord has us doing now that you're going to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with. You're stepping out into something that's not what you were raised doing Mm -hmm. or not um, the type of custom or tradition that you've always done. And so I think just speaking to the early part of that, I think that's how India prepared us for uh, some some of the work that we're doing now.
2: Yeah, and so it's interesting because being a minority in India feels very different than Mm. being a minority Mm. in America. Because while we were the minority in culture and language and the color of our skin, um, Westerners are are like not revered, but they're um,
1: celebrated. They're celebrated Mm. in in
2: in India, at least in the city we were a part Mm. of. Um, So there was never any like oppression Mm. or even like injustice Mm. felt. Um, so that was, what was interesting is we got to have, you know, like half a year of experiencing what it feels like to kind of stand out, like, Mm -hmm. because of the color of your skin. But, um, I don't know that we really felt and experienced the minority experience like we did stepping into the last year of our lives. Mm. Um, and so that's what was really interesting is it's, it's so crazy how God, has almost with our adoption it was more of a catalyst for a minority experience than it was even just this like you know we adopted from india and so we feel called to do what Mm. we're doing right this minute like it it flowed for sure um and there's so much involved in wanting to have a minority experience because that is what our daughter Mm. will experience every day of her Mm. life Mm. Uh, and so that's a huge part for us is wanting to dive into those things and um And you were kind of talking about some of the challenges that's one thing that i think because i've come from a place of privilege that i haven't understood and i won't ever fully understand Mm -hmm. so i never want it ever to sound like and we've you know go on sundays and go to different community events and we're the minority by the color of our skin and culture but and so we totally get it because that's Mm -hmm. we would never claim that but it has given us new eyes to see some of the exhaustion that comes with being a minority of thinking am I doing the right thing mm-hmm. am I okay to do this is this appropriate and and just thinking about okay, so thankful for those experiences one to connect with our brothers and sisters in Christ but more importantly even to my heart to connect with our daughter mm-hmm. that as she gets older and she's able to express some of that maybe frustration of what it feels like to be a minority day in and day out mm-hmm. um, some of the just even hurts or the heartache or the Oppression that she might feel. Yeah. While I can't fully understand, it's given me more of a of a box to be able to have that conversation and to be able to encourage her, and just the bigger picture of of the gospel. Like validate those feelings, acknowledge them, sit there with her in them, but also just be reminded of just kind of this grand vision of of God's you know love for all people, and on and and not to minimize uh, an experience by any means, but just to be able to sit there with her in that so I think it's um and in experiencing kind of what that minority experience feels like it is a catalyst as well into wanting to continue to pursue racial harmony racial justice reconciliation because I know that the creator of the universe longs mm. for there just to be a sense of peace wherever we go mm. and not to have this tension that can be felt in the minority experience mm. and so um, yeah it's just a continued catalyst of like this is what God's vision is like Revelation 7-9 like mm. that's it so um, anyways yeah that's yeah. a little bit about how those things have kind of tied together
0: and even thinking of, of the word you think of uh, <clears throat> when Peter was asked to go to Cornelius's house and he had fear and trepidation. Um, Here's this Jew going in the home of a Gentile. And unfortunately, a lot of times in America, we have almost made being white like being a Jewish mm-hmm. citizen that we see in the Bible, and everyone else is a Gentile. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's hard. Sometimes it's stepping out in faith. But I guess even as we kind of close, talk about is it worth it? Why is seeking racial unity and reconciliation, why is it worth it? Yeah, yeah so Megan briefly
1: just mentioned... Um, why it's worth it and that's um, because this is where all of history is headed so she mentioned revelation 7 9 and 10 which um, says you know behold i saw a great multitude worshiping the lord and they're from every tribe tongue and nation and so that if we're a believer and we believe the bible um, it's inevitable Mm. that's where we're headed and uh, also, to go back to the beginning, when God created all things, and He He gave a uh, th- this ability for genetics to to take its course and um, have um, all different skin colors and um, uh, everything like that. He created all that, and then knowing in Revelation seven, that's where all of history is headed. It's it's bookended. Uh, mm-hmm. The Lord is the Lord's doing. The whole thing is rigged, mm-hmm. right? So that's where we're headed, and if we want to see. Christ come back, of course, and we want to see this vision from Revelation come uh, to pass and it's going to, um, but we're longing for that day, then don't we want to make heaven, uh, don't we want to make now look like what we see in Revelation that it's going to be like? Um, So I want to work towards making our experience here on earth as glorifying to god and as much like heaven as Mm. we can and if we know that heaven is going to be people of every tribe tongue and nation worshiping the lord all together then that's what i want Mm. and so is it worth it the answer is absolutely yes because um as we've already talked about the spirit's going with us the spirit's growing us Mm. as we go um we're not perfect but we get healed along the way we um uh, everybody has made mistakes. There's been plenty of mistakes in race relations and racial justice in our, in our past. But uh, as we move forward, let's uh, work every day to change uh, what needs to be changed with uh, the power of God heading towards uh, this picture as much as we can of us all worshiping the Lord together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, gr- guys, so grateful for the way that you are pursuing racial harmony and racial reconciliation with your family Um, one the way that Finley has been a catalyst for that what a what a beautiful picture of that and really as 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 we're called inner country adoption to remember that it's bigger than just bringing a child into our home but that it alters who we are just in the way that any child that comes in our home alters our family and we make sacrifices and we, we think differently we act differently as parents just grateful for the Holy Spirit's work in this and and know that we will pray uh, with your family as y'all continue to seek this racial harmony. So thanks for joining us and sharing all of this story. Yeah, of course. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at infolifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel for you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow through the Defender Podcast.